0: And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church.
1: God bless you and thank you for being here this morning and, and uh, for making it a priority in your life to be with us in the house of the Lord. And We're going to trust God today to help us. We are beginning a new series this morning and for the, next, for the month of January we are going to be uh, talking about seasons. We're gonna th- have a theme in our, in our Sunday morning services, our first service of seasons. And today I wanna talk to you about seasons of new beginnings and uh, pray that the Lord will touch us with that today. So if you'll get us started here on this slideshow, Brittany, we'll, uh, we're just gonna ask God to help us this morning and as we consider seasons of new beginnings, we all have them. And there's no way around them. Seasons of new beginnings, seasons of new things. As a matter of fact, in our second service, we're gonna be talking about several things that apply to this particular theme today, seasons of new beginnings. Life is filled with many seasons. In the book of Genesis chapter eight and verse number 22, the Bible says, while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. As long as the earth is here, there's gonna be seasons of change. Seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, they shall not cease. So seasons are inevitable parts of our walk with God. In other words, life will always consist of seasons. I don't know what season of life you may be in today or sometimes I question what season of life I'm in today, but we always know that we're in a season of some sort. In the very beginning, we find early on in the book of Genesis that God spoke to Noah because of the sin of mankind to prepare an ark, the scripture says, to the saving of his house. Those on the ark had certainly escaped the judgment of God and they chose to celebrate that redemption. The wickedness of man had been forever destroyed and and was now buried behind them in the past. Noah and the future family of humanity, the scripture says, found grace in the eyes of God. I know the scripture says that Noah found grace in the eyes of God, but the grace of God in Noah's life blessed his family. Do we not all agree with that? Amen, Noah found grace in the eyes of God but the other seven were blessed by that grace. Noah had, uh, as they made their way uh, through this time and season of flood when it was all said and done and God opened the doors, God closed the door and sealed it and God opened the door. Amen, when he came out of that ark, Noah had but just one thing in mind and that's let's build an altar. It's a new season, it was time to be fruitful and multiply and it was a time to offer praise and thanksgiving. It was certainly a time of new beginning. All of us who are privileged to know the Lord know that our our life will lead us through changing seasons. Knowing that God is going to keep his hand on us no matter where we are and that's the consolation that we must take with us throughout this journey that no matter what season of life I'm in, God has got this. He has this in his hands. And so with each new season, it brings us closer to what Paul described in the book of Corinthians. He said, in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, the trumpet shall sound, the dead in Christ shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. We shall be changed. Our new birth, of course, is the ultimate new beginning, that is the ultimate new beginning. Our new life in Christ presses us into a a new season. Our past covered by the blood of Jesus Christ and our future is secure in the life of Jesus Christ. His life being formed in us through each new season we experience and so Paul described it this way. He said, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. What a precious hope that we have in the Lord. Amen. The Bible says, uh, we have uh, all of us have experienced the, the cry of a newborn baby. We have been there. Many of us have heard that initial cry, certainly as parents and friends and family. That, that, sigh, that, that cry is a sign of something. It signifies something very significant. It signifies that a journey or a new journey has begun. We also understand that in the life of that newborn babe, there are signs of progress that are gonna continue to develop with each season of this child's life. I can remember as a young father, and a young parent, uh, I could remember. I don't want you to take this wrong, but you can, we we're kind of excited about wet diapers. Just the first few. You know, it's just it's kind of neat. It's, an, it's a new journey. It means that everything's functioning right, it means that there's health. And so there's an excitement about that. But without maturity, in the seasons of life, those same positive signs of early progress can become signs of a lack of health or something grossly wrong if that were to continue on and on and on. There must be new intervals all along the way. There has to be change. The apostle Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 13 and 11. He said, when I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child get a pass for every bit of that. Why? When I was a child, and so we get a pass, a free pass for speaking like a child, understanding like a child, and thinking like a child. But then the scripture says, but when I became a man, or when I came through some seasons of my life, I put away childish things. I picked up some things, but in order to pick these positive things up, I had to let go of some things. And so each season of life that we experience allows us a learning curve, a learning potential that leads to spiritual maturity. We're not going through something just for the sake of going through it. God's not just gonna drag you through the mud so he can cross his arms at the end of the day and chuckle about the plight of your life. Absolutely, never in a million years is that going to happen but God takes us through seasons of our life and it puts something in us, it tempers the steel, it it puts something very resolute in our heart, amen. However, as the seasons of our life change, we transition into more and more mature believers and as maturing believers, then we begin to model the character of Christ in our everyday life. There are some things as new babes in Christ that we need to be taught, they must be taught, But at some point, wouldn't you agree, after a few seasons of life, there are some things we should have nailed down. We should have those things. That should just be a part of who we are. And so those elements of Christ um, are are in us. Therefore, we seek to imitate that or emulate that, maybe a, a better word. The book of Ephesians, I want to turn your attention to chapter four. The Bible says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth but let that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Consider the hearer. Grieve not the, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Then in the following verses, he said, let no bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking, let all, rather, bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Amen. So we can, as parents, remember a time perhaps when our children entertained imaginary friends. And that's not uncommon. And uh, Jesus said in the in the book of John, chapter fifteen and fourteen, He said, "Ye are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you." This is, well, this is the signal of being a friend of God. Imaginary friendships, of course, uh, might provide some temporary enjoyment for a typical child. I think that's fairly common. However, as a child begins to mature, the seasons of life leave room and take that child to a dimension of developing a true friendship. Not just an imaginary friend, but the seasons of life take us to the point where we can develop genuine friendships. You know, there is a concept, and I know that we may even sing this song here, so don't take that wrong if, if, you're, uh, if we do. But uh, there's a concept among some people today in Christianity that I'm just a friend of God. Yeah. I know there's a song that says, I am a friend of God. I'm scared to look out and see if we sing that or not. <laughs> I'll just pretend that we don't. But the, the, what I'm driving at today is the feeling in our modern church society is that we are just simply a friend of God. And that friendship is just based primarily on the feelings that I have of his love for me and the feelings that uh, that I have for my love for him and it's just kind of a shallow, uh, he's just a buddy. That's what I'm driving at. He's just like, he would, would be no different than the friendship that I have with Brother Trail or, or, or Brother JT, Just we just kind of buds and we just kind of hang out, we just kind of talk. and. Uh, and that's, that's a dangerous, really, that's a really dangerous concept because it has to be much more than that. That kind of friendship is real high on emotion but real low on commitment. Amen. And so, somewhere through the changing seasons of our life, we all must grow up and experience a maturity in our love for the Lord, our true love for the Lord not something that is mandated from the pulpit, not something that is promoted just necessarily from leadership or ministry, but we have to grow up and experience a maturity in our love for the Lord. I love the Lord, I love the Lord. Amen, you love the Lord, and this is gonna be characterized by our faithfulness to him, to his word, and our submissiveness to his will. We can't just say I love the Lord and that we're always absent without leave. Amen. We're, 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 we're missing an action when it comes really time to, for the boots to be on the ground. Amen. Someone to be on their knees in prayer, someone to be fasting, someone to step up and, and fulfill some sort of obligation. Amen. We have to love the Lord and that love is going to be characterized by our commitment to Him and to His cause. You couldn't, your husband, if your husband or your wife said they love you, but they never come home. They just kind of pop in on Thursday afternoon and get the washing done and all this kind of stuff. If something would be grossly missing, I'm not trying to insult your intelligence about that, but I'm just saying that we can't say we love the Lord and then just be non-existent in, in, in places of practical application where it comes time to do that. And so seasons of our lives, we should not resist seasons in our life. I don't want to meander too much because I've got a lot of ground to cover. But can I tell you that if you if you spend your whole life resisting the season that you're in, you're going to miss the fruit of the season that you're in. Amen. We're we're all we're, we hit. I don't want to shatter anybody's bubble, but we're all getting older. We hit. We come into this world getting older. And we when we made that first cry. Amen, heaven clicked a stopwatch. (laughs) And we just began to get older. Don't deny the station of life where you are. Enjoy that station of life where you are. You know why? Because there's fruit for you and there's fruit for me in that season of life. And so I say that we have to be very careful to understand that. Seasons are transitions that lead to transformation. It's not that God has just taken us somewhere for the sake of taking us, but he's trying to mold us change the trajectory of our life. And so that's God's way of refining our love for him and our life in him. So of course, it's it's not, an, as I mentioned a moment ago, not unusual for a child to have an imaginary friend, but our concerns would get amped up if this continued into adulthood. And so a healthy progress begins to happen in our lives, something very healthy, when we start putting away childish things and so we have to put away childish things we have to set down the sword of being temperamental and 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 let those things fall by the wayside and become more resolute in our not only our walk with god but in our dealings with one another and so as the seasons of have changed as the seasons have changed our circumstances they also develop our character god is placing us into a furnace and he is settling some things in our heart and in our life amen this graceful and gradual growth is leading us to spiritual maturity let me let me just say this today god is not just going to morph us in to what we want to be, and if I could be more specific about that, God is not even gonna morph us in to what he's called us to be. It is going to be a process. As an elderly minister told me many years ago, he said, just go ahead and pay your dues. Because when you're paying your dues, you are grounding your life in God. He went on to warn, he said, I've seen a lot of people just shoot straight to the top and right on out the top. And so he said, just go ahead and pay your dues. Just go ahead and pay your dues. And so this gradual and graceful growth leads to a spiritual maturing of the Lord. We are all, I hope, to some degree, looking down the road at what we would like to become. But if we become that in an instant of time, there are many fallacies with that. For one, we would not appreciate it. I watched the difference of this in high school And again, I don't wanna meander, but I watched the difference in this in high school. I went to school, like all of you probably went to school with someone like this, whose parents just gave them a set of keys to a brand new vehicle. And they didn't appreciate that nearly as much as I appreciated my 1971 Ford Pinto. Because I was making the payments on that. I was having to buy the tires, and I was having to buy. I went to school with a guy who got a set of tires on his truck that came with him. The tires he didn't really like them, so he just held the brakes, and he just for years the the marks were in the road out on Blue, River, Blue Springs Road where he just he just boiled them off right down to the right down to the rims, and his mom just bought him another set. What we didn't have that dynamic in our home. <laughs> And so these it leads to maturing gradual things. When you get it little by little, in time we find the treasure, those treasures that we're talking about in friendships. And so the leaves fall from the trees and the, and that's that doesn't mean lies over it just signifies that the seasons are changing again. Amen. And so as layers of shallow Christianity shed from us, we transition into a deeper and deeper walk with God. And we need those changes. We need the changes that it's going to bring. Seasons come and go in our lives. And so we must determine that the change in the seasons are gonna produce maturity in me. And those, that's, those, that maturity that I'm referring to should have signs. Amen, there should be telltale signs of maturity in our lives, there should be some fruit of that to bear witness of that. History confirms, biblical history confirms that some of our spiritual ancestors mistook the value, one man mistook the value of a bowl of beans. He put too much emphasis on the here and now, right now. Let me get this today. I'm referring of course to the story of Jacob and Esau. It seemed like a minor decision. It it seemed like at face value a minor decision, but it led to a major distinction between these two men. It led to a major distinction. Jacob pursued the blessings and the birthright. Now Jacob had a lot of problems. I I think if you know anything about the the word of God, certainly know anything about the life of Jacob, we would all agree that Jacob had a lot of room for improvement, He, he had room for seasons in his life. But there was something tender in the heart of Jacob also toward the things of God. He pursued the blessings of God. He pursued the birthright. Esau didn't seem to care about that too much, certainly not at this particular moment. And the rest is not just history, but the rest is a manifestation of their destinies. So we think about decisions of life that we make during seasons of our life and those decisions that we make during these seasons are going to affect our destiny, so I've gotta be very careful how I handle this because this is going to set where I end up later down the road. Several instances in scripture call us to consider the consequences of the choices that these two men made. We see how seasons transformed Jacob to be a man that God had in mind when he blessed him. Amen, that's the truth. All of this despite his identity as a deceiver. Now, when God blessed him, he had a lot of issues. Amen. He's not the man we would have chosen to bless. Let's just be honest. We talk about Simon Peter in the same way in the New Testament, but if we're honest, we're just all gonna agree we wouldn't have been doling out all this responsibility to these guys that had such huge character flaws, right? The Bible says in the book of Romans chapter nine, verse 13, as it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. Esau seemed to, to, so overthrown by the urge to just satisfy his carnal natural appetite here now. Let me take care of this. I gotta just gratify this and I promise, that in life, if we just try to fulfill every little n- nook and cranny of want and desire, that it will lead to problems because we're just trying to feel something ourselves that was not designed for us to feel, but it was for God to take us through a process to meet those things out in our life. Amen, he thought that he would just die without this bowl of beans. I'm, I'm being very serious. He thought he would die if I don't get this bowl of beans. Meanwhile, Jacob was cultivating this passion for the birthright. This was a blessing that seemed destined to bypass him even from birth. Isaac would soon die and Jacob and Esau were now facing change. This was a new season. Jacob kept his focus on the bigger picture. He remained ready for the transition. It led him to erase his past and to embrace his destiny. I just feel in the Holy Ghost to tell you today that, that sometimes we are so, we are held, we're so held hostage by our past that we can't embrace our destiny. But I feel in the Lord today to just tell you that if you've got a past, welcome to the club because we all have a past. And as long as hell can hold our past over our head, we will never have the courage to reach forth our hand and pull our destiny into our lives. But I'm going to tell you today that Jacob, despite all of his problems, he understood something significant about God, and that is that I can, and I'm not talking about being cavalier about our sin and our past. I think that has to be born out of true repentance that we move forward of that. Amen, but a season was changing. But here's something. And really cool. A season was really changing for both of these men. One experienced the full measure of God's favor. This was favor that, that could have been available for either man that was pursuing a higher purpose. You see, God is not a respecter of persons, and so he can not just use a few people in the kingdom of God in great ways, but I believe he can use all of us in great ways. We'll all be used differently, but we can use, be used greatly. Amen, Uh, one experienced that full measure, amen, of God's favor. This was a favor that I I again say could have been uh, a gift for each of these men, amen, and so we have to be forever warned, if we can take this one lesson away from the life of Esau, what you're dying for might be ultimately what kills you. We kind of use that language a little loosely. I'm just dying for, and sometimes what we're dying for could be the very thing that ends up killing us. So I want to be very careful that my priorities are not misplaced. The writer of Hebrews says this, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently lest any man should fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness bringing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Verse number 16 the scripture says lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. For you know how that afterward when he would have inherited the blessings he was rejected for he found no place of repentance though he sought it carefully with tears. Seasons. decisions that we make in the seasons of our life how critical they are to our life and to our future. Amen, the changing of seasons brings us to the outside of, brings to the outside what is really being developed on the inside of us. We can have all kind of things on the inside, but I believe if those things are truly on the inside, they're gonna start manifesting themselves on the outside. The transitions of life will either make us or break us. And that is so true. There's one thing for sure, they will certainly reveal what's there. Amen. you put somebody in a bind, whatever's there is coming out. Whatever's there is coming out. And so I pray God help me to be so careful in the seasons of my life and the transitions of my life. Esau seemed uh, destined for greatness due to his position in the family as the firstborn. However, he lacked passion at the right time. He lacked focus at the right time to adapt to the changing season of his life. You see, sadly, these illustrations don't just end with Esau. Because I personally, and I'm not alone in this analogy, but I personally have watched people that failed to really have the proper insight to the season they were going through. Something happened in their life and and, and God was really trying to develop something in them, but instead, Satan planted bitterness in their heart in that season of life. You see, when when the ground is broken up, you can plant anything you want, good, bad, or ugly. And so in that season of churning, we gotta be very careful to guard our heart that the wrong thing is not planted there. Amen, Jacob in this season humbled himself. Now he was, Jacob was the man with all the issues, right? But he humbled himself. He cried out to God. He made a Bethel in the middle of the desert or a house of God in the middle of the desert. It wasn't much, it was just an anoint, a rock with a little bit of anointing oil on it, but it was the place where God met him. It didn't look like much, but he made that Bethel, he made a house of God, a house of refuge, right there in the middle of a desert place. Can I tell you today that in the seasons of our life, and if you're going through a desert season of your life, can I tell you that the decisions you are making right now in the throes of your, of your desert journey is going to affect not only you, but it's going to affect those that are following you. Amen, you're going to affect those all around you. You're not making a decision. I'm not making a decision in a vacuum that just says, well, I can live with this. Well, you may be able to live with this, but the bad news, sir, is you're not the only one that's gonna have to sleep in this room. You're not the only one that's gonna have to sleep in this bed that you're making. And so we've got to be very, very careful Jacob had a lot of issues but he humbled himself, he made this house he even gave a tithe unto the Lord he gained the divine impartation that was awaiting him therefore he could grow through this change by grace, can I tell you that we can grow through seasons of new beginnings and so when things are uncertain around us, don't get bitter about the past or the future but understand this is in the hand of God, this is a season of new beginnings, a season of new things and you know what, here's what I found from experience that if God had not placed, took me from where I was and placed me over here, I would have never understood or even discovered the blessings of here, amen, amen. So we put our future into his hands and understand that a season of new beginnings is a great thing, amen. So we have to have God, we have to have God. Here's Jacob that grew through this change by God's grace, and that is a great lesson for us, making the most of any new season by making the house of God a priority. He said, this is God's house, this is God's house. I'm gonna make that a priority through any season of my life. Amen, this is not a new revelation, but it is is a a proven principle, amen, that humility is the premium posture for spiritual progress. If we are going to get anywhere with God, we're gonna have to humble ourselves before him and say, Lord, you are the giver and you are the taker. I put my hand in your hand, my life in your hand, and I'm just gonna trust you with my future. Amen, humility is often demonstrated by our desperate passion for the house of God and the things of God. Each season gives us new opportunities to increase our devotion to the Lord, not only in practical ways, but in purposeful ways. I believe that we all can benefit and bless the kingdom of God. And I know sometimes those, those, that terminology kind of throws some people off, but I'm going to tell you that, that, that we can be a blessing to the kingdom of God by being a blessing to our local church. How can we be a blessing to our local church? We can be faithful to the house of God in every way, not only in our attendance, but our financial support, our prayerful support. Amen. Showing up at functions to be there to shoulder the loads, to, to get under the burden of things. Amen. To feel the burden of Things not to just not to always have a spectator mindset and spirit, amen. Humility demonstrated by our passion for the things of the Lord, and so every new season gives us these opportunities to increase, to to invest into something else, and so our passion will 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 securely push us and press us into the future, into a in a greater awareness a greater awareness of of God's blessings for our lives. Now. Uh, as as we get ready here to to conclude this morning, I want to just talk about Jacob and Esau in a in a, in a final setting here, and I want to maybe just kind of frame this in if we can, and uh, hopefully give you something to take home. <laughs> How's that? What well, you got? Door prize. Amen. So we're going to give a door prize today. Everybody gets a door prize. Jacob's destiny was not furnished by God's favor through just one single season of his life. Because seasons change always. And so each new season promotes progress as we learn how to grow forward in the will of God. So here, here's the important part, the meat of what we're talking about today. 20 years removed from this Bethel experience, 20 years later from anointing the rock, this surely God has been in this place. 20 years down the road. Jacob is led by God into a new season. Much had changed in Jacob's life over 20 years. He had entered the land of Laban as a man on the run, had the birthright and the blessing and he had Bethel. He had all these things in his resume. This was his foundation for the favor of God. Two decades have passed And Jacob was a family man and he was a businessman. His life was overflowing with the rewards of God's faithfulness. However, another transition was coming his way. It was another season for Jacob. Considering that God's timing is always perfect, Jacob had some unfinished business. It had been 20 years and God is now ready for Jacob and Esau to be reconciled. I think any previous attempt at this would have been premature. God knew what he was doing. Our transitions in life are not random. They are not coincidental. We're not just blowing through life as a leaf or a tumbleweed. God is guiding the ship that we are sailing on Our seasons of life change. Hear me, please. Our seasons of life change with divine oversight. God is moving. If you would pardon this analogy, but God is moving our lives like pieces on a chessboard. God knows exactly. He knows exactly what He's doing. His ways are perfect. We don't always know or understand the plan of God for each of these seasons. We've all looked around and saw, what in the world? Am I right? What in the world? We've all been on the verge of being completely overwhelmed, but it was God's fingers that moved us into that slot. God, oh, man, I feel the Holy Ghost in this today. So I have to determine to grow where God has moved me. I have to be determined that I'm not gonna get bent out of shape and indifferent, but I'm gonna let roots take down here. I'm gonna get something out of this. Hallelujah. Jacob readied himself for a reconciliation by here a little bit of Jacob comes to the surface again. By taking matters into his own hands, he kind of gathered up a bunch of things to kind of win the favor of his brother back from his season of prosperity he takes a lot of gifts. Amen. In fear he turned to God though for a divine solution. And you know what? I mentioned that to say this that in our lives there'll always be pieces of us that'll tend to get in the way. That's why we gotta keep pushing it down. Amen. Don't take offense to this, but Tom every now and then Tom's gonna get in the way. You have to push Tom back out of the way. Amen, aren't you glad I didn't say Anna's gonna get in the way and had to push Anna out of the way because you'd have used that against her by Tuesday. I guarantee you that. I'm just doing what the pastor said. Just doing what the pastor said. But you see, Jacob, a piece of him came to the surface after all he had been through. And he said, I can buy Esau. I can give him gifts. I can purchase this. But he realized, I need God. I need God. And so he tarried all night in prayer. He wrestled with an angel. And this new season produced in him a passion for the purpose of God. And the Bible says, and Jacob called the name of this place Peniel. Amen, or Peniel. For I have seen God face to face and my life is preserved. Now listen, 20 years prior, 20 years prior, amen, the changing of the seasons had brought Jacob to Bethel and he was blessed. Amen. The changing of the seasons brought him to Bethel and he was blessed. But watch this 20 years later, seasons of change. This transition brought him to Peniel and he was changed. Praise God. You see, we can be blessed and not changed. Praise God. We can be blessed and not changed. But this season brought him to a different place and God changed him. This encounter changed his walk. It changed his identity. Amen, changed his name such as the promise of changing seasons for all of us. Each transition gives us access to a new dimension of God's power as we pursue his presence with greater passion. Changing seasons produce changes in people. Spiritual growth transitions us for change. I'm proud to say this today. I'm I'm sorry, I'm sorry, that was a bad word. I'm humbled to say this today. I'm not what I was when the Lord found me. Can you say that with me today? I am not what I was. I'm not what I used to be. Amen, let's stand together with each new season. I am becoming what God has called me to be. There is a greater power, there is a greater purpose. These changes and seasons will lead me to, the, to ultimately be not just blessed, but changed. Amen, I'm not just trying to weary you with this today, but I wonder if you could just say it with me. I am changed. I am changed, I am changed Amen. First John three and two, beloved, we, now we, we are, now are we the sons of God and it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for seasons of change. Thank you, Lord, for the power of change in our heart, in our lives. Let's lift our hands together. Clap our hands. Let's lift our voices. Let's magnify the Lord. I love you today in Jesus' name. I love you today.
0: This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church.